the word and great was the company of them that published it so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God welcome to the know your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord I am your host Bishop Fred A. Carwell senior now lend me your ear and let's go inside of know your Bible and hear God's life-changing word welcome to know your Bible to the book of Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 the book of Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 hurry 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 Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 states train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it. Let's read that again. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Raising godly children in a godly home. In an ungodly world. Raising godly children in a godly home, in an ungodly world. My heart was greatly disturbed on the other week when I got the news about another young black man who does not come to church anymore, who has gotten baptized into black Ism, and by that I mean it's one thing to be black and know it because God don't make no junk. Can I get a witness at the house? But it's not wise to be a fool and go off on the deep end even in Egyptology and the pharaohs and all this other stuff. And even some folk have tried to X their slave name out and put an X there. So they say, call me Johnny X. It doesn't take all that. It does not take all that. And my heart was disturbed because I don't want to see another ignorant young black man going off on the deep end, getting up out of church, and going through a whole lot of changes to find 
blackism. You black, now what? But do you know who Jesus is? Do you have your act together to the extent, what happened to my sound up here? All right, now, when you, when you said it and I'm good, just look at it. That, that grieves me because I've seen a lot. Of, now, I, I don't think anybody in here is as black as me. And my name is still Fred A. Caldwell Sr. Because there should come an understanding that not only does God not make no junk, but God is the one who chose our ethnicity. I'm black and I don't apologize for it and I'm not going to allow this government or whatever is going on to cause me to feel less than a person. God made me. God made you. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. So I thought about this. Another young black man out baptized into blackism. That's not going to help you. It's not going to help your family. It's not going to help anything. We know that we have been denied. We know that we are currently being messed over. And not only does the other folk do it, we do it to ourselves. And so I went before the Lord and I said, okay, how is it then? Because this is, this is bothering me. You can be a Christian and be black and white. You can be all that. And that's what God's intentions are for every race of people upon this planet because God so loved the world, the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now my genealogy is not in this Bible. My dad's name is Dawkins Caldwell. My mother's name is Olive Faye Davis Woods Caldwell. And I thought, how do you reach these young black men with all of this energy? To tell them, first of all, your family tree is not in God's Bible. Mm -hmm. So there's no need of looking for your favorite auntie in the book of James or Jeremiah. It's not in there. And that's not what God intended. It's not what God intended. So don't try to be carrying anybody to try to discover Egyptology because that is not important. What is important is that you must be, you've got to be born again. And only God can do that. So I thought about how is it that we keep losing our children to the streets? What's going on? Whatever happened to our little nephew? That's all tattooed up and now got a life sentence in prison. What is going on in these houses? 
And then dealing with Satan about this very message, he's going to try to tell me, well, you know, there are a lot of adults at Greenwood Acres now whose children have left home. And they're still your children. And even if they're not presently domiciled at your address, you still need this word because no word of God returns to him void. No word. So how then do we reach these young black men that's full of all this energy in trying to make a name for themselves? How do you slow them down long enough to point them to the cross of Jesus Christ where our real purchase was made? And how then do we raise godly children in a godly home in an ungodly world? Well, we should not be selfish. We got nieces and nephews that don't even live with us. We got people that we have yet to meet that we don't even know them yet. But if we hide this word in our heart, it will make us a wiser people. So I want to say to every young black man that's in this sanctuary and viewing by whatever apparatus you are looking at me on today, it is time for you to hear God's word. So since your genealogy is not in there and that was not God's intention, God's intention was to raise up himself a godly family in this earth realm that would produce Jesus Christ our Lord who should become our Savior and Lord if not there is no one else that can save you and once you have come face to face and have accepted the risen Christ now you can begin to lead your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because God so loved the world that means your family is included in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's where we need to get started because no white man made himself white, no black man made himself black. God made us. And he made us for the express purpose and he said in his word, the day that you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. So God is not taking Egyptology and, and, and Greek mythology and all the rest of these thologies. He's saying that he's not willing that any should perish. I need some help in here. But that all should come to repentance. Now, our children ought to be looked upon as a divine gift from God. They may act like they came from down there up here, but children are a gift from God. Am I right about it? And the Bible steps in and says, train up a child in the way he should go. Not because all your folk went to Grambling or Southern. Now everybody got to go. That's fine if that's what they want to do, but everybody can't learn at Grambling. Everybody can't learn at Southern. Train up a child. That word train is very interesting because it means to teach. 
It means to teach your children. And you know it's heavy over in the book of Deuteronomy that we would teach our children about God. That we would put his, his, his name in scripture not only on the doorpost but also in the house. That our children may come to know the Lord God of heaven and embrace him. And receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Jesus is not a white man. That's a lot of white men put out there with all those pictures. The true portrait of Jesus happens to be a small little piece of bread and a cup of juice. He says, often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. So to teach your children about the Lord. Now I'm getting ready to get on some of y'all toes, but by now you ought to know, I don't give a hector. What bothers me in this generation, and it highly offends me as a minister and as a pastor, that you would drag your raggedy self up in my face telling me what the governor said. But it's almost after all these years of preaching, you never come up to me and tell me what the Lord said. And how is it that we can put the man, a man's word above God's word? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. So many people out there right now living in fear of dying. Do you realize that none of us are going to get out of here alive? You're not getting out of here alive. You ought to be dead to get out of here. You got to be dead to leave. So whatever it is, you're still dead. I'll tell you why I'm highly offended. We have put the word of man above the word of God. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Ain't that in the Bible? Fear will cause you to hurt your own self. Now, if God can't keep a bunch of people in a building, we don't need that God. Now, let me switch gears right quick. When we talk about, when we talk about training up a child in the way that he should go, we're talking about feeding that child God's word. That's what we're talking about. Raising godly children in a godly home. In an ungodly world. And if we teach our children fear. Then what are they going to teach their children? So to teach them is to train them. In the way they should go. All of our children don't have the same gifts. They don't. So moving right along, when we talk about 
The goal of every born again parent ought to be to lead that child as soon as possible to a saving knowledge of who Jesus is. Can I get a witness? To train up a child, to teach that child the things of God at a very early age so he won't depart when he is old. It's a problem. It's a problem in here. And when I say in here, I don't just mean here. I mean it's a problem in the churches. How did your son become a Muslim? Huh? Something went wrong. Because Jesus is not a Muslim. And all of this nonsensical thinking. I'm going to let my child make up their own mind about the Lord. Is that right? Show me that in writing. If you are to teach and to train, and we as parents are to do that, how did your child get all the way over there in the Egyptology? Could it be because nobody was living what they was talking at the house? In one house, you got four different religions and three people. <laughs> Come on, I ain't mad at you. And now we're living in a generation where people want to tear down God's word. It sounds like this. When you start telling them the truth, don't judge me. Please give it a break. Nobody have to tell you when you're wrong. You already know it. You just don't want the confrontation. This is my life. Our lives are to be lived for one another. So when we talk about training or teaching a child, we got to remember that God ordained the family before the church and earth realm. And God made them male and female. Well, don't look like I'm going to get a whole lot of help. That's why I brought it with me. <laughs> God made them male and female. That in the confines of marriage, children should be conceived and born. But God forgives sin. All children born out of wedlock. You remember Jephthah the bastard? But he saved Israel. So if God can use a bastard to save a nation, well, he can. So it's designed like this. Male, female, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-great-grandchildren, children. Whoever the patriarch of the family is, all things been equal. Because people do grow, they have their own mind. But you, being the patriarch of the family, the male part, or the matriarch of the family, the female part, there should be a godly line somewhere in that family. Now, there's a whole lot of preachers before I showed up that was in the Williams family, the Gantt family, the Caldwell family, a whole lot of preachers. 
And so before God sent me here through my daddy's loins in my mother's womb, he had already called me to preach. So we are here by divine design. And we ought to thank God that he allowed us to be alive in a day like this. Amen. Amen. So we're to train up a child in the way that he should go. So that when he is old, he won't depart. Somebody said the other day, ain't no fool like an old fool. The concentration today of what we're going to be looking at, because I thought about now, if this young man is out there, it is not to say that he's joined the Muslims or anything else, but why are we losing our young adults to nothing out there? Now, I know that there's some premier educators in here that work with Cato Parish, and I thought about this. I said, now, I was sharing with someone, I don't remember, and I'm not going to say this because I don't, you know, I'm not trying to throw any of you kids off and don't try to use this as an illustration. So if you're going to use me as an illustration, then you need to be a preacher too. But you see, in growing up, all of us, except you, have done some foolish things have said some foolish stuff that we wish we could take back. Too late. I mean, one time I decided, because I was influenced by some bad people at BTW, it was decided that, okay, today we're going to cut class. Now, that was when Professor Riley Brown was a principal at BTW. And there was a man by the name of Mr. Chamberlain. And anybody who's trying to cut up at BTW or trying to get out of that building once class had started, you had to look down the hallway. Now what you looking down the hallway for? To see if Mr. Chamberlain was down there? Because you didn't want to get caught. So I remember one day it was bad. Don't none of you children do this. This is a disclaimer. Don't try this at home. So I got out of that building. Cut class. Out there. In my mama's mind, if you could have talked to her, she would have said, oh, Fred's at school. No, he wasn't. Any formal class cutters? In? No, no. <laughs> here's the point God set up the local church to the church at Corinth to the church at Colossae at Colossae to the churches of Galatia now we're talking about teaching we're talking about training The folk would throw you in jail or give you a hard time if you didn't send your child to public school. Here we go again, the word of the governor. And I'm not kicking him. I'm just saying we need to get our priorities straight. Y 
if you don't send your child to school in Caddo Parish, all things been equal. And right now the big old thing is about when do we send our kids to school? Do we send them back to school? When was school open? All this, school, 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 school. But you don't think one time about not having your child in Sunday school. Not one time do you make a demand on your child to stay to Sunday school. Why? Because you don't stay. That's not important. The, now, if the governor said, I want all y'all in Sunday school, here you come. So maybe he need to be the pastor. But think about it. Does it bother you that your child don't know no Bible? And yet you got a school in your church called Sunday Bible School that you have written off as being non-essential. So you're not, you're not exposing them here to church to be taught the word of God. You're not doing it yourself at home. They're not doing it in Caddo Parish. So now here's another child up smelling they must leaving the house and have gotten a foreign religion. Think about it. It is important to the Lord so it should be important to us that no child is left behind. Every child has a Sunday school teacher and every child and parent is in Sunday school for the balance of your days. For the balance of your days. Quit letting this world change you. Humble yourself and get into a Sunday Bible school. One last thing and I'm moving on. There are so many people down through the years say, well, you know, I don't want to stay for Sunday school because, you know, I got enough word from the bishop. And I don't want nobody disturbing the word I heard. You lying hypocrite. You don't love me that much. And God ought to worry. Because if that was the case, I would never have to say Sunday school. But the government don't play that. So you do what you do in fear. And God is calling his people to do what we do in love. If you love me, obey me. Now. So I thought about raising godly children in a godly home in an ungodly world. And God's people are out of order. And not even attending Sunday Bible school. You know what's so bad? When we were doing a 1030 service on the north, which we would go back to doing when Things are set in order and air conditioning and all that stuff is put in. There are some of you, even when you leave here now, and we used to go to 1030, you loading up in your car going home. Well, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? I tell you what you're doing. You are in open out rebellion. So don't whip your kids when they skipped class 
or don't go to school. They're just doing what you do. How many of us today can say, don't do, this is what they used to say. Don't do as I do, but do what I say do. Now, where's the example? All right, so much for that. Do you love me? <laughs> you ought to. I don't mean anybody in here no harm, and I don't offer no apologies for God's word. So if you're waiting on an apology, you might as well get yourself a hammer and a hickory nut, because you're going to have a long wait. He didn't send me to apologize. But I'm trying to help someone in here, if not but one person, who has ears to hear. When did you ever get too old to obey God? The book of Titus chapter 2. Now, I want to focus my attention here because as I thought about it, and the Holy Ghost brought this to my remembrance. Now, if you notice in Titus chapter 2, and really it goes all the way through the 15th verses, from verse 1 through verse 15. And I think in order for all of us to be brought on board, instead of me piecemealing it out, we're all getting ready to read these 15 verses. If you come across a word that's a challenge, then at that hour, just lip sync. Are you in Titus chapter 2? All right, commencing at verse 1. Let us read. But speak thou the things which become its sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober-minded, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober-minded, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things not answering again, not prolonging, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, 
looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a people of his own, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. And the church say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Now, it's broken down like this. In Titus chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, let me read that back to you. But speak thou the things which becometh sound doctrine. Now, here's the problem. The average Christian don't know if it's sound doctrine or just sounding doctrine. Which means then that if you are at a church where there is no teaching of sound doctrine, then you are not at a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not. Because when we talk about the church being the body of Christ, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word was God, not a God. Titus here was left behind to affirm and confirm those things which the Apostle Paul had already shared with the church on the island of Crete. So he left Titus behind to set these things in order. And that's what a lot of people in days like these don't want. They don't want no order. And if I'm at church and I'm getting ready to leave, not that I have anywhere to go, I'm out of here. Is that the way you do your job? Is that the way you treat the place where you go and make your money? Then you must not plan on being there too long. Because once you step up on those premises, you are under authority. And when people step up where God's place is already dedicated and consecrated to him, you are under authority. Now, when Paul wrote this letter to Titus under the auspices of the Holy Ghost, he's dealing with the aged men, mm -hmm, the aged women, the young men, the housewives. Everybody got a part right in here, and we're getting ready to break it down and share it with you. Maybe won't get it all done today, but at least... I'm on my way. Got 22 minutes. It says now in, in verse 1, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. How do you know what sound doctrine is? You ain't been to Sunday school. You're unteachable. You won't let nobody teach you. Now, in a house where you're raising godly children, Children should know what sound doctrine is. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried in the third day God raised him from the dead according to the scriptures. And for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And not of works. Lest any man should boast. Now this is what is to be taught. Sound doctrine. 
And the reason for that in verse 2 is that the aged men be sober-minded. Be sober-minded. Yeah. Teach the old men at the church to get out of them platform shoes wobbling all down the aisle and to dress age appropriately. <laughs> You 85 and gonna buy a Corvette. I'm not concerned about the people on the street. I'm concerned about your neighbor's house. <laughs> so that the aged men, somebody say old men. That the old men be sober minded. Now that word sober minded, I did take some time and get involved in my Greek lexicon. That the old men at the church be sober-minded. Sober-minded means to be self-controlled. Control yourself. Don't start trying to teach no doctrine that ain't no godly doctrine. Now that goes back to how you got one house in four different kinds of religion up in there. Somebody failed somebody up in there because God's thing was to have Christ taught and shared in that house. And to learn the things of the Lord in that house. Now, I recognize that some of us came to Christ at an age when we were not children. And that some of us had children that had already joined different religious organizations and had already did what they did. But no word of God returns to them void. Now is still time to talk to your children about the Lord. Because can't nobody reserve them a space in heaven but him. <laughs> can't nobody save them but him. They used to say back in the day, where there's life, there's breath. So it's not too late if your child is all out there and confused and then change their last name to X. You need to set an appointment with your children. And even if they don't come, at least they would have had an opportunity. Amen? So that the aged men be self-controlled. And then I looked this word grave up. That word grave means there should be a seriousness about you and your relationship with Jesus. The old men should be serious about the light that they are flashing in the lives of young people. Grave means not only to be serious, but to be serious about your purpose. And that you realize that you're not here to stay always. Serious about the things of the Lord. And when you talk about a literal grave. <laughs> that's serious business. Because you're letting Papa down in there. And you're getting ready to put some dirt on him. Grave is serious. So tell the older men. They need to be grave about that Sunday school class. And that, that word is being taught. They need to be serious about it. Because they're going to have to carry it wherever they are going. And they need to be strong in the things of the Lord. Now you notice the first thing up is that 
We are to teach those things which become sound doctrine. What's doctrine? Teaching. What did the Lord say about eternal life? What did the Lord say about eternal damnation? What did the Lord say about heaven? What did the Lord say about hell? We don't draw that out of our head. We draw that out of God's word. And that's what we teach. Line upon line. Word rightly divided. Amen? Y'all still here? All right. So then there, to be sober-minded, grave, temperate is uh, another way of looking at self-control. This temperate here has to do with the mind and the will. It is the mind and the will of man being God-controlled. Being God-controlled. So, so if, 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 if I'm a man and I'm up in age, what am I doing? I'm 85 and I'm looking at pornography. Ain't going to do nothing but give me a heart attack. That's just another way to die. <laughs> that reminds me of a song they used to sing like, the name of the place is, I like it like that. What kind of nightclub is that? So this temperance here has to do, I need to control my mind. I need to control my eyeballs. I need to control myself. Here you are all up in age, shaking a young lady's hand, scratching all in the palm of her hand. She ought to slap you. Y'all just go right upside your head. Why you hit me? Because my hand wasn't itching. All right, move right along. Now, all this is for the old men. <laughs> you notice it's for the aged men. Now, what it's saying right here is also supposed to go home with the old man. Okay, you still here? All right, temperate, sound in faith. In other words, we're living in a, in a time right now where this coronavirus, what is COVID-19, is challenging a lot of people. We have to be sound in faith. We have to be. That's a divine requirement. Okay, we are in here. There are those of you that's wearing masks. Your temperature was taken. We're doing all that we humanly possibly can do. And evidently you got faith because you done ran up in here with me. <laughs> Amen. So that's the kind of faith that we have to move forward in life with. Sound in faith. Sound in faith. Ask your neighbor, are you sound in faith? And here's another thing. We're to be sound in love. What does that mean? This is going to blow your mind. Now we know about phileo, brotherly love. We know about agapeo, the God kind of love. And we know that God is love. So we're to be sound in faith and we're to be sound in love. Now watch this. This is the tricky part. This word love right here means kindness. See, and a lot of times, whether you realize it or not, you can see if a person is self-controlled or controlled by the Holy Spirit 
Because they're going to be kind, whatever they're going through, they're not going to dump their frustrations off on you. Ain't that a blessing? So you old men in here, be kind. Amen? And be patient, long-suffering. Magrathamio, long-suffering. All right, moving right along. Now that's, those are verses 1 and 2. Now, in verse 3, is dealing with the old women. <laughs> People don't like that term right there, buddy. Don't call me old. Mama still got her strut. Well, be careful, baby, that you don't misstep. Because the worst thing in the world for an old woman is a broken hip. Uh-huh. But you notice the same requirement for the old men is the same requirement for the old women. Huh? You have to be careful how even the heels on your shoes. In verse 3, notice, the aged women likewise. Uh-huh, that, that carries you right back up to verses 1 and 2. Be sober-minded, sound in doctrine. So the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Now what does this mean? As becoming holiness. In other words, godly women ought to be sanctified. That's the word holiness. Sanctified. Now, uh, how short is your hem on your on your skirt right now. <laughs> Stole one time about a preacher down in the, one of them country churches. A woman came down the aisle, not a problem. She looked like she was one step from sitting down next to Jesus in heaven. The preacher was already having a hard time with his message anyway. She came, sat on the front seat, and crossed her leg. On the way down, he saw heaven. When she sat down, he saw hell. <laughs> Don't put your brothers in that position. Well, <laughs> everybody can't wear short. Now, a godly woman is to behave herself in holiness, sanctified. If the dog ain't for sale, don't put him in the window. I thought y'all was with me. I, you know. <laughs> like I wrote this and came over here. The women likewise, the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior. How are you behaving yourself? In behavior as becometh holiness. You shouldn't be flirting. A lot of time when old women flirt, evidently they want to die. I don't know what be going on. Well, just be careful. 
not false accusers. Look at any woman next to you and say, not false accusers. Now, we're talking about raising godly children in a godly home in an ungodly world. So if the aged women, aged women are not to be false accusers, what does that mean? Not gossipers. Girl, have you heard? Did you know? That ain't edifying the body. It's some folk. I won't call their name right now, but I know one particular person. If it's low down and runchy and no good, you go to them, they'll give you the 411. It's some people's mouth need to be stopped. And so God is saying, even at the church, if a young woman gets uh, uh, impregnated out of wedlock and she comes before the church and asks forgiveness, why are you texting somebody on your phone? Why are you putting that out there? Would you do that if that was your daughter? Would you do that if that was your son? And your son all of a sudden, so there's a young man that's given a homosexuality to come before the church and hear you now talking about that all week. Why do you do that? The aged women are not to be false accusers. Even if it's the truth sometimes, you ought not to never want to repeat it. Some truth is hard. Can I get a witness? The aged women likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers. In other words, they're not gossipers. I, I chuckle at this, not given to much wine. <laughs> not given to much wine. Now, can you imagine an old woman on a walker and loaded? <laughs> not given to much wine. You know, Paul told Timothy to take a little wine for your stomach's sake. In other words, in those days, wine was used for medicinal purposes. Not Mad Dog 20. Can you imagine an aged woman up in a house and drunk? Now, now here the word says you, you can drink a little, you can... Now, they're not talking to the, old, to the younger women. <laughs> you you got to be old enough to handle your liquor. <laughs> not giving them much wine. Teachers of good things. Oh, hallelujah! How many women at the church? And I hope to God that there are many of you in here that these young women that are having marital problems can actually come and talk to. Teachers of good things. Baby, have you, do you bathe often? Huh? Do, 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 do you know, teachers of good things to young women. Baby, put a little makeup on. <laughs> 
not make over. Make up. Don't be sleeping all in raggedy clothes. Trying to show how holy you are. Teachers of good things. Did you cook today? What did you cook? Rat feet and rice. <laughs> Over gravy. Baby, do you clean up? Do you, do you clean your house? Is your body clean? Is your bedroom clean? Is your, you know, is, is your conversation clean? The older women are to be teachers of good things. Baby, if you're going to run around with no bra on and you're going to wear a tight, you know, uh, uh, blouse, then are you aware of your nipples showing? Teachers of good things. Because when a man see a nipple pushing out of a blouse, he go crazy. Tell me, is that real? <laughs> is this gun at your head real? So, that, that, see, do you understand what God is saying? That the church, the local church, should be a godly community where your, your daughter ought to be able to go to a godly woman at the church that will tell her good things. And your sons can come to the older men at church and say, man, look, I, I got a problem over here. I got a drug problem over here. You know, the, the, the aged men that are grave ought to say, son, listen, when I was young, I went down that road and I'm here to tell you that's a road you don't want to go down. The Lord saved me. You see how this thing works? So it, within the confines of the local church, we should be looked upon as a community. But now here you are in here with your child. Nobody better not say anything to my child. Is that right? Well, your child or you don't need to be in here. Because the Bible says correction is grievous to those that are out of the way. So when you got people that want to live wrong and all that, they don't want to be in a good church. And those of you that are aged women that's, you know, age appropriate, dressing appropriately, got a good word in your mouth and you're fun to be around, you're nice to talk to and all that, that's what God expects. You should not be an aged woman biting heads off and throwing bodies and torsos in the hallway. You ought to be approachable. And that's what love is. It's kindness. And love does not seek his own. Quit telling these, these children the wrong thing to do. And, and see, well that's another subject. But don't you ever tell nobody the wrong thing to do. And if you love me, if you love me, you, you will love my family too. If you love me, you're going to love my children too. Don't just be up here trying to respect me and disrespect my family. Is this helping anybody? 
The Lord just amazes me. He, he, he puts me out here like that, and he know I ain't got nobody but him to depend on. Because <laughs> looking at some of y'all now with these masks on, I don't know if you're smiling, if you if, if you got your mouth, I don't know what you're doing. So I got to trust in the Lord, and I know I'm talking to the right audience here today. All right, teachers of good things, verse 4, that they may teach the young women. See, now, the old men are to teach the young men, and the old women are to teach the young women. So then what are the old women at Greenwood Acres supposed to be teaching? That they may teach the young women to be sober-minded, self-controlled. Baby, you just got too much makeover on your face. You, you just, I don't know how your skin going to breathe with all that stuff on your face. Do you know that sometimes makeup and all that stuff can be a crutch? So you have to be careful, you know, a little enhancement every now and then, you know, a little paint on the old barn <laughs> makes the barn look better. But because a woman wear makeup does not make her a Jezebel. And because a woman does not wear makeup doesn't make her a Frankenstein sister. So you should be comfortable in the skin you're in. Some people just put on too much makeup. But then that's their face. That's what they want on. Then that's fine. I mean, who am I to judge? But we should understand that God wants our lives to be lived in moderation. Not over the top. Not over the top. Tell your neighbor, not over the top. That they may teach the young women to be sober-minded. Watch this. To love their husbands. To love their children. See, the old women are supposed to be teaching this at the church. And I'm not talking about in the Sunday school class. Teaching by example. What do you mean being a Sunday school teacher and you don't love your husband and you don't love your children? You shouldn't be a teacher. We're to model what we teach. And we're not perfect, but God will help us because he called us to this work. A few more verses. I'm going to go down to verse 6 and I'm going to conclude. I'm in verse 5 right now of Titus chapter 2. To be discreet. Thought about that. Now, the old women are to teach the young women to be discreet. <laughs> See, the day that I came along in, back in the day, in other words, if you dip snuff and you didn't want nobody to know it, then you kind of be discreet with it. You be discreet with it. And that was about the extent of the usage of the word discreet. In other words, be sneaky with it. Don't let everybody know you are a snuff dipper. That's not necessarily what discreet means. To be discreet means don't be crazy. You shouldn't be a crazy Christian woman. 
You should have a sound mind. Well, good, good morning, Miss Sadie. Hey, brother, how you doing? Doing just fine. Everything all right? Everything is fine. Reverse it. Good morning, Sister Sadie. You want me? Are you trying to hit on me? A Christian woman should not be crazy. Her mind should be girded up. Not a gospel, but a girded up mind. Say discreet. Means I'm not crazy. To be chaste. Now this is interesting. To be chaste means to be pure from every fault. Pure from every fault. And then another writer puts it like this. For a Christian woman to be chaste, it means that she can stand the sunshine. Now back in the day when we were living in a housing project, my mother would hang the clothes on the line because I don't, I don't know anything about no dryer, but I know we didn't have one. And I know especially those white clothes and those sheets and those pillowcases was hung on the line because of the purifying effect of the S-U-N. What the word is saying right now, being a Christian woman through the purifying effect of the S-O-N. You should live a separated life. As pure as sunshine. It means to be judged by the sunlight. To be discreet, chaste. I said I was going to go through verse 5. Yeah, I'm going to stop at the end of this verse. To be discreet is to be a sound mind and not crazy. To be chaste means to be judged by the sunlight. Here we go right here. Keep us at home. The strengthening sign of a godly woman is a clean house. Not just the one she lives in, but the body she lives in. I know some of y'all this morning had no idea all this was up in here. Keepers at home mean that your house tells the kind of woman that you are. You ought to be able to eat off your floors. Your bathroom should not be carrying no odor. Your bed and all that, beds ought to be clean. No dishes left in the sink that's drawing roaches and bugs. Keep us at home. When someone comes into the place you call home, they ought to be able to immediately pick up on the kind of woman you are. 
But no, you got dirty garments all in the floor. You got children's toys all on top of the TV, and it's a flat screen. <laughs> I know you want to be mad at me, but I ain't going to let you. And your house should have a beautiful odor to it. It just smells, you know, like, like, you know, a godly family lives in this house. Go in the little junior's room, everything is in order. Bed made, all that. Because this is in training. What do you mean your teenager's sneakers smelling up the whole house and you are not even invited into his room but it's your house? When did you give your power away? You live in this house, this is how the cow eat the cabbage and that's where the cow live, right over there. Ain't no room in your house that ought to be off limits. Keep us at home. Period. All right. To be discreet, chase, keep us at home. Oh my goodness, do you see that word? <laughs> Good. What? You, I, I tell you what, we use that as a euphemism today. How you doing? I'm good. But are you really? Does that mean I'm good? Mean my health is where you know where it ought to be. Uh, I got a you know a little money. You know everything is fine. That ain't what this is. This is being good. People don't like being around people that ain't good unless they ain't good themselves. So a Christian woman is supposed to be good, and she's supposed to model the gospel. With all of her faults and flaws, she's still leaning on the grace of God to be all that she can be. I think I won at least two of y'all over. I feel more better. Ask your neighbor, are you good? Now watch this. Obedient to their own husbands. Ain't no, ain't, ain't no, ain't no, ain't no man got no right to be telling no woman Get a longer dress. You ain't a husband. <laughs> I'm winning now, baby. <laughs> Obedient to their own husband. Now here we go. I'm as grown as you are, she says. Well then, have you ever thought about you should have stayed single? Because, of, well, anyway, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. There are some women that are out of control. Not only is God not going to tell them what to do, ain't no little old bitty husband, beady-eyed self, going to tell them what to do. 
It's not normal for a woman to be married and then running all over her husband. It's not right. And it's not right for a man to be married to a woman running all over the woman. It's supposed to be a, a corporate relationship with the man having the last word. Because that's the way God set the system up. So to enter into the institution of marriage and nobody's going to tell you what to do, then you don't need to enter into that institution. And it's for the safety and protection of the woman because sometimes women in their emotions can go over the top. It's, it's, it's not a fault. It's just the way that women are made. Women and men are psychologically built differently. Whereas the man walks up in the yard, he sees the snake. It's called Floyd, the next door neighbor. <laughs> he sees the snake. The woman walks out there, she ain't bothered by the snake. Matter of fact, she talks to the snake. Hi. We're built differently. We're built differently. But at the end of the day, when we talk about raising godly children in a godly home to live in an ungodly world, these things that have been read into your hearing today must be allowed to be phased in so that we can feel good about going home. We can feel good about being a blessing and an asset in the community. Because when the house is tight, then life is better. Life is better. And that's what God intended for all of us. Because one of these days the Lord delays his coming. Then what we're going to find is that we'll be gone. But then there's a generation coming. So what can the righteous do? If the foundations be destroyed. Live as though God is living in the house with you. Pray about everything. Worry about not a thing. Don't give up on raising your children to love God. And to love the body of Christ. And to love the church. And to choose what is good and decent in this life. Don't give up on God. Because God ain't going to give up on you. Amen. We can raise godly children if we get to it. And if we do what we're supposed to do, then God will do what we cannot do for ourselves. I don't know about you, but I've been blessed up in here. And, and I, I trust that you've been blessed up in here. And that you will allow the spirit of the living God to be your guiding post and your strength and your joy and your instructor, and your instructions, and everything you need for God living, God will give that to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's get on our feet and give God some praise for his marvelous word on today. Anybody in here blessed? Raising godly children in a godly home in an ungodly world. Can you say, I can do all things through Christ? Now the question is, will I do his will and answer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the questions Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.